0: that it's well with our soul thank you Father that you've taken care of that issue the most the the greatest miracle heaven could ever provide for us is to make our souls healthy and well again to make our souls uh, fit for the kingdom of God This morning there was a word given during our prayer time. Of, of the word perspective came into into my into the prayer circle. And perspective is a it's a big it's a big word because um, we're always looking at situations that we fa- face in either our perspective or God's perspective. And and, and I, I want to I want us to re- we have to remind ourselves constantly. To renew our thoughts so that we can prove the will of god to the world around us we have to we have to show people god's goodness his faithfulness but if we only think the way that we think normally when we wake up in the morning and we're just uh, thinking as as normal as as usual it's a very dangerous place to be because our thoughts are lower less superior than God's thoughts, his ways, his ways of doing things are far beyond what we can even fathom, but he loves to reveal what he's thinking to us. it's, It's completely littered throughout Old and New Testament about how an almighty God wants to have, he wants to reveal what he's thinking, what he's doing, whether it's in heaven, on earth, even into the future. The other thing that I felt Holy Spirit really speak to me this morning about was that there, that we, we might not say this, we might not um, say that's my issue, but God sees our hearts, amen? He, he, he really does know where we're at, and one of the words that really uh, I felt like was on his heart was this word forgiveness, is that, he, is that we wrestle with forgiveness. We wrestle with are we truly forgiven, are we truly sons, are we truly daughters of God, Or are we coming to church so that you know, I, can, I can earn it or I can feel better about myself? But God, God just wants to re-solidify this fact that when we, when we surrender to the Lord, when we turn away from the, the heinous things that we used to do and we put all of our trust, our assurance on what God says about us, we can be confident that we are sons and daughters. We have to turn and we have to embrace him. We have to start walking towards him. But let me remind you of just a few things that God has said about you. He says that I am a child of God. I am God's child. That's in John 1.12. For all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. As a disciple, I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord. I'm one with him in spirit. I've been bought with a price, and I belong to God. I'm a member of God's Body. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to the throne of Christ through Jesus Christ. We could just we could just rehearse those over and over all day. But the reality is that an amazing, almighty, good father just wants to interact with his amazing children. Blameless, holy, incredible children. You know, you're incredible to him. You know, your worst enemy or your closest relative, God wants them to be with him more than you want them to be with him. He absolutely loves us. He absolutely has given everything. How do we know that? He proved it by giving his son to us. He bankrupt heaven so that we could exchange places with the beloved. And so Father, God, I just pray, whatever, whatever's going on in the supernatural right now, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, Father. This word forgiveness, someone's wrestling with just this concept of, have I really been forgiven? Am I making all this up? Is Holy Spirit, you know, is this, is this all real? Father, I pray that you just, you breathe on us, Father. You breathe on us receive the holy spirit receive truth receive understanding receive the power that was promised to us long ago father i just pray god for a grace to receive everything that you say about us and receive it as true god help us to step into a new reality god the rea- kingdom reality god that you actually desire to use us that you actually desire to be with us and god when we look to you father when we look to you and we follow you we become what we behold we we become love to others. When we, when we just admire you, when we just sit there and we admire your beauty and, and what you have done, when we rehearse your goodness, God, we are literally becoming what we're beholding. Father God, you're so good, you're so faithful and kind and loving and you never fail. In you, there's no anxiety, no depression, no addictions. There's nothing that holds us back, cripples us. Sin so easily entangles us, but Jesus came to bring life and life to the full. Today, Father, I pray that you bring life to people who are just wrestling with that. Wrestling with the fact that is this really promised? Is new life really promised? Or is it just a, a modified, enhanced version of the old life? God, I pray that the old man will die, the new man will come alive, and Holy Spirit, you'll, be, you'll reign as king again in our hearts. Every unanswered prayer, Father, I pray, to God, that you just begin to Reveal yourself in these scenarios, God. Bring your kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven, Father. You're so kind. You're so kind. You're so slow to anger. Whatever it takes to get you to the table, he's willing to do whatever it takes. He wants you to fellowship, hang out with him, have fun with him. He loves you. He's desperately after your heart. Thank you, God. Finish the work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. i thank our worship team. just appreciate you guys so much. It was awesome to see so many people uh, exercise faith this morning um, by just coming up and um, asking for prayer, asking asking God to um, intervene in these scenarios. Uh, he's an amazing father. He's so amazing. He's so kind and so good. And I hope. Uh, I think many of you. Um, are experiencing him. Uh, Last time I spoke, we talked a little bit about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, hungering after the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, We can't base, uh, you you can't base theology on your experience (laughs) because if we did that, uh, chances are uh, most of us wouldn't believe in anything that we couldn't see. But you really can't base uh, a relationship on on, totally just on on theology or a, a mindset of things that we can write down. Uh, a relationship really does in many ways have to be experienced you have to taste and see that he's good why because when you taste and see that he's good you you get to a point in your life where you're willing to just jump in the moment he prompts you you're willing to do it's just it's just it's a natural response the more and more we know that he's good that he's actually after our best interest with with no hesitation we can be fully confident that when he tells me to do something. Uh, I don't have to intellectually understand what he wants me to do. I just have to be obedient and trust that he's good. Because he is good. And he always wants what's best for us. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I want um, <clears throat> to... Um, let's see. This message is, is really a message... Um, there, I've been really blessed by by a man by the name of Bill Johnson. He is a pastor out of uh, Redding, California, lead pastor, and he has a, a real just big ministry with kingdom living and, and bring, bringing God's heaven to earth. And today's, um, sorry, yep, uh, kids are dismissed, sorry. They can, they can actually hang out if they want to, but no, thank you uh, kids, kids leaders, appreciate you. Um, but this, this message is a message uh, that, that comes, it's, it's, it's a message that is right from Bill, uh, he's a lead pastor in Redding, California. He is, uh, has been really speaking a lot into my life, my wife's life, and, and um, just been influencing a lot of the way that I think. He takes scripture, and, he, and he, he, it's kind of like he shines a, a flashlight on it in, you know, from a perspective that I hadn't seen before. And, um, and so, so this message is called When Heaven Invades Earth, and it's by Bill Johnson. If you want to look it up on, online, uh, he... Will preach it better than I will, because <laughs> it's his. But I, I want to share it because it's it really has impacted my life. It has the, the heart of this message is to, um, it's really to cause you to realize that who you are as sons and daughters in God and the role that you play on the earth right now, um, and and it's just incredible. God God, he he chooses to use us. He loves to use us, and and um, and he, it's all in the context of he wants to spend eternity with us. And the fact that you're created right now, it's just an incredible, like, if you, science just proves God's love. (laughs) But just the concept of, you know, um, how how we're born, how we're conceived, and how millions and millions and millions and millions of potential us, but yet we're the ones chosen, why? Because God absolutely loves you, he prefers you. And if each one of us would hang out with us, you know, hang out with each other, I should say. Um, we, we see the Father. I don't know if we can fully experience the Father in His fullness without spending time with His children of, of you know, His, His children of different personalities and different ways of of doing things and seeing. And, and so, it's, that's why it's so important to value the church, the family of God, because when I see you, when I see you, I see the Father from a different light. And so, You know, we have this banner up here that says encounter God, connect with people, and make a difference. Uh, Encountering God, connect with people, make a difference. Today's message really, I think, kind of ties with making a difference. How do we make a difference? Putting some handles on it. I wanted to give you a little bit of background. I'm sure the vast majority of us know the history of mankind and how things ended up. The reason why that you're sitting here right now. I'm sure the majority of you know why that's happened, um, but I want to I want to share this um, in, from a different light. Same same history, but there there are certain aspects to the Bible that we don't. It's not recorded in Scripture, um, and so we kind of we're kind of left with well, you know, where did like where did Adam and Eve's clothes come from? You know, like, you know, was was a lamb killed for you know their their sin? Like, where did that their, the the clothes of the, the the skin come from you know so we assume well god probably killed a lamb and clothed them you know in in order to to have those clothes so again some things are we we um we don't have the scripture to evidence behind it but i want to shine some light on this this message from the context of uh what god's plan was what his heart is okay and so let's start all the way back um long before man ever existed, there were three archangels. First one was, he, he was called um, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And there was a sin committed in heaven, and in heaven we know that Lucifer wanted to be worshiped. He wanted to take the position of, of Yahweh, and because he wanted to be worshiped, that was, that was against the kingdom of God, that was not, that's on, there's only one to be worshiped, and, it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Godhead. And and Lucifer was trying to take that, and so there was a rebellion in heaven, and scripture says that a third of the stars fell out of heaven with Lucifer, and we don't know if that's literal stars, that stars had some sort of supernatural influence, or if that's referring to the angels, like literal. But either way, there was a rebellion, and they were thrown down to the earth. Uh, you know the very fact that we're sitting here all comes from the from the mouth of god jesus said you know or god well jesus is the word but god said let there be light and then there was light let there be darkness let there be you know plants and animals and let there be people you exist simply because someone spoke it into existence almighty god that's the reason why we we stand here so it's it's no it's no debate that god could destroy the enemy with just simply speaking it let you be destroyed, and he would shrivel up like, like a raisin or a worm and die, instantly. There would be no competition. The enemy is not a threat to God, he never was and he never will be. He's, he's not the opposite of God. He's a created being with very limited power. But, but God could have done that, instead he throws the enemy, Lucifer, now Satan, to the earth, and God creates man. God creates man and woman, and instead of destroying the enemy with his words, he decided let's destroy the enemy with people, with people, with my sons and my daughters, people that look like me, that have perfectly free will, that can do whatever I ask them to do. God loves free will, that's why you have it, it's it's the reason why you're here, it's because he, you, get to, you have the choice to worship him. He, w- he would rather have people that have the choice rather than have a bunch of robots programmed to say, you're amazing, you're amazing. He would rather have people to choose. Why? Because it glorifies him. The fact that, that I mean, when, when I ask my son to do something, I mean, I, I understand, uh, you know, I understand when he's not doing something, I can count to three, and by the end of three, if he's not moving, um, you know, things are gonna happen. <laughs> Discipline's gonna happen, because when I say something, it goes in my house. So, so that's the same concept. I can, I can force my son to behave a certain way. But then there are times when he'll come up to me, and he'll sit on my lap, and he'll just look up to me, and he'll be like, I love you, Daddy. You know? And I would rather that than to force my, my son to say, say I love you, follow me, do as I do. I'd rather him in his heart to simply just, out of, out of his heart comes this appreciation for who I am. And, and, and back and forth. I do the same thing to him. I'll sit there and sometimes I'll just, wow God, what children really are a gift from God. Wow, you're amazing. And I'll just behold what God's given me. And so God loves free will. He loves to, to give to people uh, this, this choice to follow him, to serve him. And he wants to destroy the enemy through his sons and daughters. That's, that's his choice. Again, he could just say, let it be so and the enemy would you know, it'd, be, it'd just be over. No more anxiety, depression, cancer, any of that, just be gone, but he would rather advance the kingdom of God to earth using his people. He would rather use his sons and daughters to do that work. And so anyway, God creates an, a garden called Eden, and it was the right size for two people to manage. <laughs> and uh, this is what God tells Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, uh, verse 28. Uh, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, God was literally, with that command, he was literally uh, handing over. This this concept of authority. I'll, I have a job for you to do. Here you go. So God takes his those keys and he hands them to man. Man's job was this: to be fruitful. In other words, get, you know, be busy, increase the in number, have lots of kids, fill the earth, and subdue it. So the concept is: inside the garden, there is there is perfection. It's a a perfect garden that can be managed. God walked with man in the cool of the day. That was just, that was God's heart, always was. He wanted to interact with humans, and and as time went on, of course, woman was made, and as time went on, um, they were to Expand what they were given. In other words, Jesus or God says here to be fruitful, increase the in number, fill the earth. the The heart was as you have lots of kids, as you're staying very big. Remember, God told Adam to name all the animals. God's heart is that we stay busy. It's not that God wants us to just, you know, oh let's let's always just kind of do whatever we want. No, He has jobs for us to do, and He He handed that job to to Adam and Eve. He had that authority, so to speak, to rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That's what they were supposed to do. But as, just like any garden, if you manage it well, it can really grow. It can really, it can produce a lot. And so as they have lots of kids, I mean, imagine this. What if Adam and Eve never sinned? You know, like just in the natural. What if Adam and Eve never sinned? What if Adam and Eve, like, are still living, (laughs) you know? right now even, they would still be living in perfect health, perfect communion with God, and um, we could go to them and ask them all sorts of questions. What was it like, you know, uh, you know, the, f- the first thousand years? How has how the people changed, you know? It would be, it's kind of interesting to think about, like, what, how would, how would, uh, what would it have been like Well, the way that I think it would have is that this garden would have kept growing and kept growing, and and God said to fill the earth. Fill the earth. Manage this garden to the point, but he only gives us what we can manage. And he he told us to manage the garden, fill the earth, and then he uses a, a military term, he says, and subdue it, subdue it. Now remember that the enemy is already on the planet. He's already roaming the earth, and, uh, and, and just a side note, he's he never, he never king of this earth, ever. He's never king. Uh, he's he a prince. He has a form of power and it's limited and he's, he's just about done. It's just a matter of time and he's, he's done. But, but he'll he never be a king. He's, he's a prince here on the earth. He has a little bit of power and we'll talk about that in a second. So God's intent was to push the boundaries of the garden all the way around the earth under the perfect rule of God. God wanted his entire rule, his kingdom, to be established over the entire earth, over Mexico, (laughs) over Brazil, Belize, Canada, over the entire world. That's where he wanted Eden to expand into perfect order in relationship. You know, God, God wants all these things to come under perfect order mostly because um, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need our praise to, to be God. You know, he, he existed, it, it's, it's a thought unfathomable, but he existed eternities before we existed. He, 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 he existed that long before us. He doesn't need us, but, but in the Godhead, they decided, let us make man in our own image. It'll, it'll be good. When he created us, he says, oh, it's good. Why? Because he desperately wants to be with us. He loves, he loves people. He loves them so much. That's why he created them. So that was God's intent. To fill the earth with the garden and to subdue it. it, Using this military term of to push back the enemy. To push him back and cause him to come into submission of the king's domain. Of the kingdom of God. That That was the original intent. But of course we know that the enemy without authority went into the garden. And he planted a, a thought in Eve's, in Eve's head. She took the fruit, gave it to her husband, and they both realized they were naked. They were, they, they were it's the first time humans ever felt shame. Anyone ever felt shame in the building? I have a few times, a few thousand times. I remember deep, when I was deep into my lifestyle of all sorts of addictions, just feeling the shame that instantly comes after I give in to some sort of sin or some sort of, you know, just a thought that I had. Why did I have that thought? And that shame just, just came. and. And then when Jesus came into my life, all that was all that was cleaned, and and that's He restored me back to Eden, that that sense of Eden. So, so that, that original plan got derailed when Adam and Eve sinned. They literally uh, were destined. They're, they're, so what what does that what does that look like? Um, let's let's read Romans six sixteen really quick. <clears throat> Romans 6.16 says this, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? That's the main thing. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So here's the point. Paul's here saying, the one that you obey, that's who you're a slave to. The moment that Adam and Eve took the fruit, they literally took what God gave them, their identity, their purpose, their destiny, and they had to hand it back to the enemy. They had to not back. They had to hand it to the enemy. So the enemy now has the keys, and he likes that. He likes having a, a form of control. Now he'll never. He's never ever been a threat to God. He never has been. Again, all it takes is a, is a word, and God could right in every wrong. But God is not a. God doesn't move that way. He moves in love, and he he loves to use his people to bring his, the kingdom reality in, and, and bring it down to earth, forming the enemy's kingdom to bow under his, because light always wins over darkness. When, the, when this building this morning, when I came in this morning um, and I hit that, that light switch, there was no debate whether there was going to be light on. The, the second I flipped it, darkness left. <laughs> that's just the reality. And that's that's the, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy. The kingdom of the enemy can sting and it can hurt, but God always wins. In fact, he has already won. It's just a matter of time now. It's just a matter of time before God sets his, up his rule in us, on this earth, in the new heaven. The enemy is just trying to take down as many people as he can because he's so jealous that we got second chances and he got justice. The moment he sinned, sent to the planet awaiting eternal Separation. We sinned, we got Jesus. We got a second chance. He's so jealous of us. And so he's, he's, he's frustrated. So okay, so inside the garden there's complete order. Outside the garden, chaos. So fill the earth, subdue it, push back the boundaries of the garden all the way until it's under the perfect rule of God. Adam and Eve obeyed the enemy. They became slaves to him. They lost their identity, their purpose, and destiny. So they literally handed over what was rightfully theirs, they handed it over to the enemy.
1: <clears throat>
0: and remember when God is cursing man, woman, and the the serpent. He looks to the serpent and he, he has a prophetic word over him, and he says, in Genesis three fifteen, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Striking his heel was the cross, but crushing his head was he overcame death. So this was fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus knew that he was the only hope. At this point in time, Adam and Eve had zero possibility to righten this wrong, in and of themselves. Why, because they don't have the keys anymore. They don't have authority to fill the earth, subdue it, to multiply, they have no authority. Their identity of sons, now they're slaves. Their purpose, that was their purpose. Fill the earth, subdue it, multiply. Now they're slaves. Slaves don't have ownership. They hand it over to the, their, their new father, their, their, their stepfather, the enemy. And lastly, they lost their destiny. Their destiny was to live in a place of perfect access, constantly, to live underneath an open heaven. That's where, they, that's where their destiny was, but that was taken as well. So Jesus, in his kindness, he loves us so much that he, you know, the, the plan was in place before man ever fell. It's kind of hard to wrap our minds around because we're like, well, then why did God do it? Because he loves people so much. It's, it's, you know, in Bible quiz, there's always the right answer is either Jesus or God loves us. I mean, it's, it's the truth. God just, he, it's, he loves us so much and he wants us to be with him. And so, so um, Jesus thought, okay, Send me to earth. I go to the planet. I die in their place. We exchange roles. All dies a sinner. They'll be declared innocent, free, righteous, blameless, and sons again. That's, that's the real issue. Jesus exchanged places with, with us. So Jesus comes to the planet. <clears throat> he, uh, he comes to the planet. He has set aside some of his role as God. He was fully God, but some of the power, the authority that, that he had, some of it he set aside for a time, why? So that when we look to the person of Jesus, we know exactly how to live our lives, because what he did, he did as a man, okay? And so he, what he did, he did as a man in many things, and so, so he comes to the planet, he's led into the wilderness on a 40-day fast, uh, there's ferocious beasts everywhere, but Holy Spirit is helping him um, stay tuned into God. Have I, ha, uh, he was fasting. He, 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 um, he needed to see. He, had, he needed eyes to see what his father was doing. A lot of times that's why we fast. When you fast, it should be not to like, God, I want you to do something for me, but we fast so that I can see as the father sees. Do you know if you could see as the father sees perfectly all the time? You would be living mission on purpose all the time. Everything that you did would be because you saw the Father doing it. That's so critical. And so Jesus was in the wilderness saying, God, give me eyes to see. I need eyes to see. And so the enemy comes, we know this. The enemy comes and he starts tempting him. He messes with his identity. All right, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, you know, man doesn't eat that man doesn't depend on that man depends on every word that comes out of the out of the mouth of god and then he takes him to the next one and here he he really talks about um, this idea satan satan had a, a good concept of why jesus was there and let's let's check this out in luke 4 6 this is what satan says to to jesus he says and he said to him I will give you, this is after he takes him to the kingdoms and all the, you know, he can see all the kingdoms. And this is what he says. He says, I'll give you their authority and splendor as it has been given to me. I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. So when was this authority given to him? Back when Adam and Eve sinned. When they, when they sinned, they gave up that right to the kingdoms to, to, to bring The lordship of Jesus in every scenario, of every area of our lives, they gave that right up because now they're slaves to the enemy. And so, Satan here is saying, basically he's saying this, he's saying, Jesus, I know why you're here. And if you just bow down, I'll throw them to you. You can have them." Of course, we know, um, you know, Jesus didn't. I mean, he he didn't bite the bait, He, he left and he went to the cross, and he died. I can't remember who it was that said it, but if Satan had known what the cross was going to do, Satan would have probably killed every person that was trying to kill Jesus. <laughs> because, because the moment Jesus died and was raised, that's when all authority was removed from the enemy. So let's, let's, let's look at that, Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen and 19. Jesus dies, raised, now right before he goes back to the heaven, that's what he says to the disciples. He says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, as surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. So this is what, what happened. This happened. Jesus, Jesus is saying, hey guys, I got the keys back. Let's get back to plan A. Let's get back to bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Let's get back to his plan. If, if Jesus has all authority, then why are we fearing the one who has no authority? Jesus has all authority, authority and, 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 and power. See, the enemy still has a form of power, but remember, his life support's already been unplugged. He's already defeated. He's just, it's like, a, it's like a branch that's been severed. The branch is still green, but it's dead. It just doesn't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, um, so the difference between, uh, just quickly, power and authority, power um, like a a B-2 bomber, you know, it's incredibly powerful, you know, uh, you can drop bombs and just create havoc on whatever the bomb drops on. I mean, it's just powerful um, machinery, but until the general says, leave, that B-2 bomber is no different than a tricycle. Until the general says, put into motion your plan, that's, that's, that's the difference. There's authority versus power. Now, the enemy doesn't play fair, and, he's, and he's, he's, he's a scrappy fighter. You know, the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all, he, that's all he's ever done. That's all he wants to do. He, he likes to find people um, to destroy everything that God's doing in their lives. Depression, anxiety, addictions, fear, loss, all of it. It's, it's, the, it's the fingerprints of the enemy. Wherever you can see those things, death, loss, or destruction, you know the enemy is close by. So how does he have so much influence in our lives then if he doesn't have authority and his power is limited? It's the same exact way that he had f- influence in the garden. He, didn't, he was not authorized to go in there, but he went in there. And all he did was he planted a lie. When you believe a lie, it empowers the enemy. He has no power over you because we're sons of, of God, sons and daughters. We have authority. It's been, uh, uh, th- we have authority because Jesus has it. Jesus inside of us, his spirit inside of us, is what authorizes us to trump the enemy every time. So when you come face to face with the enemy, you will always win because of Jesus inside of you, every single time. <clears throat> We can't take the bait, take the lie. How many times do we wake up in the morning and think, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I don't have much influence here. I don't, I don't know if God really thinks anything of me. I don't really think I'm valuable. The reason why when you speak into yourself negative things, it's so bad, it's, it's highly demonic. The reason why is because it's, it's the exact way that the enemy thinks towards you. He actually, he would say amen to what you're saying over yourself. But we shouldn't be entertaining thoughts that the Father wouldn't say amen to in our thoughts. That's why it's so important for us to renew our thoughts so that we can prove God's will on the planet. So that when people see us, they can say, wow, that's the Father's will. That his kingdom is resting on him. Wherever he goes, he has influence. Whatever whatever that looks like. Whether that's in the workplace, whether that's, you know, in, in, uh, in school, at home, on vacation. Wherever that's at, God wants us, God's will is that his, his kingdom is brought here. And, and let's, let's go to that. His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This is, this is God's will. That God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So let's read Matthew 6, 9 through 10. <clears throat> Then this, this was when the disciples asked, the father, asked Jesus, how, how should we pray? This then is how you should pray, Jesus told them. Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. The will of God for your life and for my life is for the king's domain, the kingdom of God, to be brought into The practical. So think about like think about a a worker that you don't see eye to eye with, or think about uh, you know back back at home a marriage that's kind of falling apart, or think about uh, you know the last thing you looked on the computer that wasn't you know really pleasing to God, movie you watched, whatever. God's will is that the lordship of God, the kingdom of God, would be brought into those scenarios. Why? Because God, God, He wants us to become like Him. God. God know if God is perfectly holy and perfectly good and perfectly loving, the reason why God wants us to submit to him as Lord is because if we submit to him, then, then we can become like him. And that's the best place to be. If you can become like the Father, like the Son, Holy Spirit, that's the best thing for you. At the end of that road is life. At the end of the road, any other way is death. And that's why, that's, that's you know, some sin um, is debatably it can be debatably fun appeasing to the flesh you know just you know whatever it is but the reality is at the end of that road is death and that's the only reason why the father doesn't want you on that road it's because he says wow there's a big empty chasm they're going to fall if they keep going down this road it's not like he's saying hey guys this is what you this is what you can do this is what you can do everything else I don't want you to do if you want to be in my family you're going to do play by my rules that's not his heart That's not the way he processes. He processes with eternity in mind. He processes like, okay, this is going to hurt them. Probably don't want to do that. This is going to benefit them. Let's do this. That's how he thinks because he's a good father. Remember in the garden, and proof in the garden is when he said, you can eat of any tree, just not the one. Why? Because the one is going to cause the issues. That's the type of father we serve, a father that he wants to empower us to be able to make decisions, to, to influence his will, so to speak. There's a will that's set in place, can, some of, sometimes, and, and parts of it can be untouched. The fact that every knee will bow, that's untouched. No matter what you do, no matter what you pray, that's, that's spoken, that's gonna that's going happen. But there, are, there is uh, an influence that we play into that will that God invites. You remember? Do you remember God created the, the, the animals in the garden but God told Adam to name them, to give them identity, to give them, you know, like a bear, we, you know, we understand a bear, a big brown grizzly bear, and we know what it looks like and what, but Adam probably called it a big fuzzy brown thing because that was its identity. There was no, it wasn't like vicious, it wasn't mean, it was just like, look at the cute brown grizzly bear, you know, <laughs> like it was a big brown bear, and that was, that was Adam's influence into God's will. God willed animals, but he brought in man's influence. You see this in the, the, the after um, the, the people of God were led out of Egypt. After the people were led out of Egypt, um, they, they went into lots of different types of sin, and God said these words, uh, I, I'm, I don't know what's, I don't, he basically said, I wanna start over, I wanna just wipe this nation out, I'm just tired of it. But then Moses said, oh God, but you've let us out, You've led us out of Egypt, and what will the nations think? And let's don't do that, let's do this. Because here's the thing, what is God doing? Is he trying to manipulate our thoughts? Is he trying to like toy with us? No, it's he invites influence. And Moses, because Moses said that, it, it, it resonated with the heart of the Father, which is never to destroy, never to like, uh, God does not desire that anyone perish, but to all to come to know Jesus but it matched his heart so much that it influenced the Father's will enough to say, you know what, I'm going to keep them, because of Moses, his influence in it. And and, and you you gotta understand that you can only influence the will of God when you come under submission to him. When, When you realize that he's at the head of the table, what he says goes, bottom line. Here's my thought, here's my idea, Here's my talents, but, but what you say goes, and you're okay with that. That's, that's the only way that works. You can't influence God's will if you're gonna say, well, I'm gonna do it my way or the highway. You know? it's, it just doesn't work that way. We have to come into submission to God so that we can be commissioned to the world. <clears throat> um, okay, so we, we understand God wants his kingdom. Think, let's just stop and think about this just for a second. Think about the kingdom of God right now. Um, When I say the kingdom of God, I'm talking about the presence of God. Wherever wherever Jesus is Lord, there you find the kingdom, essentially. Jesus wants to be Lord in every one of our lives so that we become like him because he's a good father. He's he's just so loving. In heaven, there's no sickness. There's no pain. There's no depression. There's no anxiety. There's nothing that, that... that, is, that hurts us, there's nothing that pains us. That's the reality in which God says, when you pray, say, your, your kingdom come, that reality, come, your will be done, how? On earth, exactly as it is in heaven. That's the reality that God, that's God's will for our lives. Sometimes we complicate it, it's really not complicated. God hates depression. He hates it. He hates sickness. God didn't, God didn't give you cancer so that you learn something. I'm going to tell you that right now. God, God, doesn't, God doesn't bring disease just for the sake of trying to, you know, teach you how to do something like that. Oftentimes, the heart of the Father is to love us. Now, I'm not saying storms don't come. I'm not saying that, you know, there, there's been instances. What I'm saying is the heart of God is always out of a heart of love. He's always trying to get us from this point to this point, to this point, and at the end of it, we look like the Father. We look like Jesus. And so, that was the end of, let me, I, I want to give you one illustration of Jesus. Um, when, when I say, kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to give you some hands, a practical thing to, to see about this. John the Baptist um, he completed the Old Testament. This is what it was prophesied about John in Malachi. Between Malachi and Matthew, there's about 400 years, okay? But between Malachi and Matthew, this is what um, was prophesied about the coming, uh, the, the, the prophet. Malachi said, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. John the Baptist, um, okay, and then let's go to Matthew 11:14, 14. And it says, Jesus was telling this, Jesus said, and if you're willing to accept it, John the Baptist, he is the Elijah who was to come. That's what Jesus was closing those two. He was saying, the Old Testament comes to an end right here, the old way of doing things. Now, let's start a new way of doing things, a new momentum. If you, if you follow the person Jesus Christ, you will, you will be living normal Christianity. <laughs> you, you will be living the way you ought to live. If you look to the person of Jesus, you model your life after him. Perfect theology can be found in that person. Now, Jesus raised the dead, I've prayed for dead people, they weren't raised, so do I lower my standard? No, I raise it and say, Father, I get alone. I say, Father, I need more of your breakthrough, I need more of your kingdom, so that when I pray, that people, when they come, that they're experiencing the manifest presence of you. They've come for you, not for me, they've come for you. And so, Father, give me a grace to receive what you have for them, why? So that they can taste and see that you're good so that they can give themselves to you and become like you. That's the reason. So, uh, so John the Baptist, he came, his main message was this, repent and believe, for the kingdom of God has, is near. And so <clears throat> let's just, just quickly, repent and believe. I'm running out of time, but I'll do my best. Repenting is like you're walking this way towards sin. You know, you just, you know, you just wake up. And don't do anything, and you'll most likely be walking this way. <laughs> uh, you know, outside of Jesus, what I'm saying. But so we're walking this way, and we're just like, okay, walking sin, addictions, this, that, fear, anxiety. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit comes, and he shows us. You see the end of that road? It's death. You, you need to turn around. And then we see, wow, at the end of that, these, these addictions and all this struggle is death. I am so... I am so sorry for being on this road. I am so, oh, oh, that's that's life. That's where I'm going. And that's, that's, the, that's the concept of repenting and believing. Repenting literally means to change the way that you think. It literally means change the way that you think. And it's not talking about like really hoping and really trying and really putting an effort into imagination, like something that, you know, I, I'm really hoping for. It's, it's, it's literally this idea of re- repenting is changing the way that we think in the context of because God's showing it to us. When you, when you encounter Jesus, when you literally encounter him, the person of Jesus, he, he shows you what he wants out, of, out, out from you and he shows you ways that he wants you to start living. And that's, what, that's the context of what I'm taking repent and believe. Believe is... is uh, Belief is basically faith. Faith is full assurance that what, every word that comes out of the Bible is completely true. Every single word, there's not one word in the Bible that's false. It's like on a poker table, sorry for you know, if, if poker was a, you know, an addiction. I have family members that it was, but it's like a poker table, the last round, the stakes are high, all these chips are in the middle. And right at the end, you realize, wow, i got to go all in. And you, push, you begin to push all of these um, poker chips in the middle. And that, at that point, either you're going to win or you're going to lose. And there is no alternative. That's what I mean when I say put your faith in Christ. Push everything in. It's, all, it's, it's either you're going to be completely right or you're going to be completely wrong. Completely. And that's, faith is, the, the more we operate in faith, the more and more we operate in faith, the more we have and awareness that God, it gives us eyes to see as the Father sees. It's like, so when you go out, let me give you an example, you go out, you see someone at a gas station and Holy Spirit nudges you and says, hey, you know, I need you to go pray for them. Um, uh, sibling, mom, dad, needs prayer. Go up to them and say, hey, can I pray for you? They're like, yeah. And then you say, you know, I've, I just kinda of felt like Holy Spirit was saying, you know, your sister or your mom needed prayer? Yeah, that's crazy, my mom needed prayer. Uh, she's in the hospital right now, needs, needs breakthrough. When you operate that way, that's faith. It's saying, well, God desires to interact with people. He's going to use me to do it. And now I'm going to, the next time I'm around someone like that, I'll have eyes to see as the Father sees. I'll have eyes to see what He wants to do in this city, in your own homes. It's two perspectives. If we see in the natural, if we only live by what we see, it's a very dangerous place to be because it's very limited. It's it's limited to our experience, limited to science, limited to the doctors, limited to just everything natural. But the supernatural, God God loves to wow us. He loves to make impossibilities bow the knee before the name of Jesus. Cancer cancer has never been a threat to him. It never will be. Neither with AIDS, uh, it's never been a threat. God, I I believe that God desires that we figure out those cures because he's a good father which which father wouldn't want someone else to know how to be healthy but let me say this god desires to be our father he desires for for him to be our physician our doctor he's a good father he's he's just so kind let me give you an example of the life of jesus though john 5:19 um, it says Jesus gave um, Jesus. Okay, no, no, that's not it. Sorry. Oh yeah, Matthew twelve twenty two. Let's go to Matthew twelve twenty two. Is the the ministry the life of Jesus? Again, if you look to the person of Jesus, you'll know exactly how to live your life. Then they brought him Jesus, a demon possessed man who was blind and mute. Couldn't see or hear. Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Uh, not here. Sight, (laughs) talk, and see. Okay, so that happened. Pharisees say, oh, well, he's doing that with the help of Satan, Beelzebub, someone, but it's not. He's doing it, and Jesus says, kingdom divided against itself, can't stand. But then he uses this phrase. He says this. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so think about this. If it is by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is where the kingdom the kingdom, resides in the Spirit of God. I'm trying to remember the passage off the top of my head. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God can be found in Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, he says, but if it is by Holy Spirit that I drive out demons, then the kingdom... The kingdom has come upon you. That's the pattern in which we are to live. Now, if Jesus did this as God, we say, thank you, God, that I was in the room to, to, to appreciate this moment and, and declare you good. But Jesus, this is what Jesus said in, in John 5, 19. Jesus said this, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself he can do only what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So this is key. If, if Jesus would have done this as God, again, we, we praise God. Amazing. You know, you're incredible God. But the fact that he did this as a human, the son can do nothing by himself. This, this promotes that he was modeling something for us. He was actually modeling how we are to walk in the same way. To bring, if if the, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then consider that the kingdom of God has come upon you. He was modeling something for us, for you and me. And so, you know, we prayed for all sorts of issues this morning. Um, God loves to intervene. Do you know God? Lo- God wants your lost loved ones more than you do, and more than you'll ever will. He wants them to be brought into his family more than you do why because it's in his nature. So when you come into agreement with what he wants. If notice what Jesus said, Jesus he can only do what he sees the Father doing. What if we started doing what we saw the Father doing? There's great power in that. When we when we're doing things that we don't that the Father isn't doing where's the power? Power demonstrated it's not. We have to be in submission to him. Not because, you know, white flag and like, oh God, you you hate me. Because he loves me and wants me to become like him. But that will never happen unless we humble ourselves and say, Father, if you want to use me at a gas station pump, if you want to use me at a grocery store, I'm willing, but give me the faith to step out. Give me the faith to, God loves to speak to his children. He loves it. And so as you're out and about, I just want to encourage you guys. um, Realize that God's will for us is, is for God's kingdom to be brought to earth. God's will is for his lordship. For every cancer cell to leave every time. Because he's good. He's kind. And I want to encourage you. Exercise that faith. That's why I wanna say, every single, every single day, exercise faith, don't ever stop exercising faith. When we stop exercising faith, we become dull, and we become, we become natural-minded. Well, you know, I mean, I, I had a thought about some uh, guy at a gas station, you know, like, I'll go, and pray for go pray for his mom. And I'm just like, no, well, he, he looks, I mean, he looks well put together. Oh, he's kind of an older gentleman, he's probably, her mom's probably dead anyway, and so we walk away from scenarios like that. You see what I'm saying? we become so naturally minded, but when you walk in faith, you you begin to have eyes to see as Jesus sees. The, The son can do nothing by himself. Jesus said, I can't do anything, guys. It's not that difficult. I can do nothing. That's what it means, nothing. He can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So, As, uh, I want to just, we're going to close now, but Jesus dealt with our identity issue. We were slaves of the enemy. Remember the keys? We were slaves of the enemy. And, he, and Jesus now holds those keys of authority. He's commissioned us when we come into submission under him. He's dealt with our identity. He says, no longer do I call you servants, I call you friends. But in John it says that if you believe in him and if you've received him, he gives you the right to become a son or a daughter. So he's dealt with our identity issue. We're family. You've, if you've turned and believed, turned and put full confidence in his word, you're a, you're a believer. You're in. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Jesus, Jesus doesn't even know what you've done in the past if that's happened in your life. He doesn't. He chooses to forget. It's just amazing. God gave all authority to Jesus in that transaction. When he went to the cross, Raised from the dead, Jesus said, "I've been given all authority, heaven and earth." So Jesus has, has all authority. When we when we get into that quiet place, His presence, we experience Him. It actually increases in our heart faith. So I want I want you to ask your uh, just uh, one question. Uh, I want you to ask whoever you're having lunch with. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, if you sit down and no one's in the service, then that's fine. But I want, you to, I want you to ask this at the dinner table today is what, what am I waiting for to demonstrate God to those around me? If God has dealt with the identity, if God holds all authority, if we're headed towards heaven, our destiny, what am I waiting for to start demonstrating the will of God, the king's domain to come? So answer that, um, answer that at lunch. I'm going to close now. I'm going to have our prayer team come and uh, someone just maybe play a little bit of soft music. Um, it's two minutes still. And uh, basically, um, I really fully believe this message has been on my heart. I didn't, I didn't come up with this message because, um, or choose this message because I have nothing. It's because um, this message has been, it's be- really becoming a lot of the way that I think and the way that I act and the way that I perceive. God, God's taking care of my identity. God has all authority, and he's commissioned me under that authority. We're back to Eden. There, there never was a fall. That's the place that we're at right now. What are we waiting for? To start a movement, to start a, just a fire. And so I've asked the prayer team to come. If you want a grace to be able to operate underneath that open heaven, just a, a grace of just an impartation of, of saying, Father, if, if that's what you want from me, that's what I want. Um, come, come have one if, even if you don't have someone pray for you come up front and let's just consider this altar a place for God to impart a level of, of faith and I think all of us can say that we struggle with I don't know, is it me, is it that is it, I don't know if I have the faith don't agree with the enemy that's the way he wants you to think he has taken care of all of our identity issues all the authority We're heaven bound. My soul is well with him. And so if you just want prayer, a grace to step into that kingdom reality, I want to invite you to come. You can come now and just take one minute. That's it. Just one minute to just say, God, I'll I'll give back. If you're able, I give back my life. I come into a submission under you because I want to be like you and I want to see others be like you. So if if you want that, just come up and we're going to pray for you. Uh, Again, if we don't get to you, uh, we'll we'll uh, just consider the altar a place to impart that.